This week at Macy's, find your new favorite jeans with 40% off Levi's looks for him and her just in time for spring. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 15% off handbags and wallets already 40 to 50% off. And take an extra 10% off great furniture and mattress deals too. Plus, Star Rewards members earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.
What's up, everyone? We're broadcasting live tonight from sunny Southern California, a little hot California, in the middle of the heat wave. But we are on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, Fringe FM. Tonight is Wednesday, August 31st, and it's September in some places already, so happy September. You're listening to The Jess Rogie Show, and I'm Jess Rogie. This is a show that covers a variety of topics that all connect while we try to find out more about the reality that we live in. We are live, like I said, to the Fringe FM tonight and to YouTube as well. But I also want to remind you, you can listen to the show on the Fringe FM app. There you can listen live or catch up with the on-demand features. And thank you guys so much for joining us for the Fringe FM Late Night. The Fringe FM Late Night starts at 7 p.m. Pacific. Troubled Minds with Michael Strange. Followed at 9 p.m. with Lighting the Void with Joe Roop. And then my show at 11 p.m. Pacific, The Jess Rogie Show. So that's six hours, guys. Six hours of live talk for you Monday through Friday. I have a great guest planned for you guys tonight in just a few moments. Louis Borges is going to be joining us from the UAP Studied Podcast. He returns. Last week, we had him on the show with Jason, his co-host. And this week, we're, we're going to get to know a little more about Louis, his thoughts uh, about UAPs, uh, how we got into it, um, and talk about some of the great guests they have on their show. So, But first, if you want to help support the show, you can head over to buymeacoffee.com. Let's see, I got a slide here if you guys are watching on YouTube. Backslash Jess Rogie, R-O-G-G-E. For the price of a cup of coffee, you guys can help support the show. Uh, Your donations go for payments of apps. For the show, you know, we need graphic stuff, editing programs, uh, meeting programs, podcasts, hosting, and things like computers, microphones, hardware, software. So if you want to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com backslash Jess Rogie. I'm almost caught up updating a Spotify and Spreaker and the podcast players. I have a few more episodes to go. But that's almost caught up for all you uh, audio listeners out there who listen to the replays. Also, I want to give a huge shout out to all the patrons. We've got uh, Russ, Barb, Clown Baby, Tommy Chi, Anthony, and Serge. And also, we got some nice donations this month from David and from Sylvan. Thank you guys so much for the support. So for a little, as little as $3 a month, you can get access to early announcements and behind-the-scenes blogs on Patreon. We also have a new package coming real soon, so stay tuned. I'll be talking more about that once it's uh, closer to being done. Also, people are always saying, Jess, 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 how do you get on the show? Do I message you on social media? Is that the best way? Well, I mean, if you want to reach out, that's the best way. But what I'm going to tell you is the best way to reach me is email. If you email thejessrogishow at gmail.com. And when you email me, send me your show pitch, talking points, links to your website, social appearances. uh, If you have written a book, links to your books. But that kind of helps me get an idea of who you are and, um, and what you want to talk about. Also, it sends them all to the same place. It makes it easier for me. I'm going to tell you guys the truth. When you guys message me on social, it gets lost. I get constantly have messages and and these things get buried. So email is the best way, guys. Email is the best way. 
And uh, let me turn that camera on. I'm going to give a shout out to our sponsor tonight. Let's see here. If I can get the camera on. Boom. All right. So I'll make myself slightly bigger there. So I want to mention our sponsor. You guys know I love hats. I never leave home without one. So if you're looking for a sweet hat, you can check out Aliens Built Earth. They don't just have hats. They also have fantastic socks. And they also have t-shirts and sweaters. So if you love aliens, or you guys are just looking for some great stuff to wear, head over to Brim of the World and AliensBuiltEarth.com. You help support a small business and you help support the show with your purchase. Use promo code ETSR for 15% off your purchase. And you can follow them on social media, Brim of the World and AliensBuiltEarth.com. Yep, great hats. I love this one. It's corduroy and it's got some nice embroidery on it. Quality hats, guys. So. We have two amazing chat rooms going tonight. We have the Fringe FM Discord. If you want to join in on the Fringe FM Discord, you can head over to fringe.fm, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and you'll get an invite there for the Discord. So let's see who's over in Discord real quick. I know we got Rivers in Discord. Hey, Rivers, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, we got Jen and uh, in the chat over there. And here on YouTube, guys. We got Sylvain. Thank you, Sylvain, for joining us. Glurp the alien is here, guys. Real alien right there in the chat. Hello, Sage. Thank you for joining us. Paradigm, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I see some new names and new faces. Spooky Morales, thank you for joining us. Laura, I think I got everybody. If I didn't, say hi. Oh, my gosh. My dear Navier is also here tonight, a wandering witch. Thank you guys for joining. I feel the love tonight. I love it, guys. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for coming to hang out. It's so much fun. Oh, no. I'm going to have to open up the other page because I don't have Louie's uh, bio open. So, guys, hold on a second. So I can't introduce him if I don't read his bio. So you guys remember last week, Louie did join us with Jason Goulomete. Is it Goulomete or Goulomete? I know Jason's going to listen to this later and say, yes, it's, it's one of those. But um, he was on last week, and we kind of talked to both of them, kind of got some of their opinion on things like ultra-terrestrials. Um, let me see if I can find this as I'm, like, digging through my email here. I know, I know. I should just make him come on and tell us about himself. But wait, wait, wait. I think I got it, guys. I think I got it. Uh, there we go. I thought I put it into the show notes for tonight, so I have to run back to last week's here real quick. So my guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, is, let's see, scroll, 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 Louis Borges, who's a UFO researcher, speaker, and enthusiast. He brings a science mind to his research and has interviewed... Now I lost it and hashed on it. And has interviewed some of the biggest names in the field. Louis joined UAP podcast in oh, UAP Studies podcast in 2022 as a co-host and marketing director for the program. UAP Studies podcast is now listened to in to in countries all over the world with many hundreds of thousands of lister, listeners and downloads annually. Uh, I kind of started through that one. Jesus, guys. Well, I want to bring Louie on tonight. <laughs> I know. Uh, let's see. How you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? 
Doing good. Doing good. How you been? We just been saw good. you last week. I'm yep. happy to have you back. I'm really excited because I realized last week we didn't really get to get into who is Louis. Oh, that's a deep and dark topic. I'm a pretty simple dark. guy, actually. I uh, <laughs> I used to just look gorgeous, gorgeous. Look at Sage, right? <laughs> wow. Just because it's pronounced similar. It's a different first letter, everyone. It's not the same. Gorgeous, but thank you. Gorgeous. I appreciate the compliment. He, he's a smart man, whoever Sage is. No, I'm yes, just kidding. I know Sage. Sage, actually. Sage is a good friend of mine. So, um, but yeah, I, um, uh, who's Louis Borges? Well, I was a, a med student out of school. I thought that I wanted to become a cardiac surgeon. And when wow. you do a, a pre-med course, they don't really hide anything from you. You're seeing blood and guts right off the bat because they want to know if you can hack it. Um, you know, similarly, I had a friend in high school that wanted to be a paramedic. And the first real ride along he went to was a train accident with people in pieces, right? So uh, I realized that, you know, it had more of a negative tone to things. It's always death and sickness. And even though I enjoyed the studies of chemistry and biology and all that, it didn't really fit my personality. And uh, I became somewhat of an entrepreneur and, you know, became a, a bit of a consultant. But um, I was always more of just kind of like a hobby UFO guy, you know, I sort of believed aliens were possible just because I understood the magnitude of the universe. Um, I didn't believe really little green men. I thought most abduction encounters were just crazy people or people looking for attention or stuff like that. And then in, I want to say about 2003, I had a really weird experience with the Northern Lights. Uh, I don't know if you'd call it paranormal or UAP or what it was, but uh, basically we were in a really northern part in Canada uh, and at a certain time of year, you can see these things. And I was standing outside of a hotel with a friend of mine and we looked up and you could see sort of the fingers, like green fingers all in the distance. Right. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. Like, you know, our friends told us, keep an eye out for these things and they might show up. So we're looking and I look straight up and I go, hey, look, you can almost see the bottom of these things. It was like the bottom of little green fingers. And, uh, and, and you know, the more we looked at it, the more it seemed to kind of change a bit and. Now it's like a complete circle in the entire sky. As far as you can see, it's this green band. So we're totally impressed by that and, you know, like just sort of blown away. And we start looking up and the fingers are kind of now just like really bright green light. Nothing discernible, but just almost so bright you can't look at it. And so I asked my friend, I said, hey, man, how long do you figure this parking lot in the hotel is? He's like, I don't know, 100 feet. I said, OK, how many parking lots? From us to that, because I'm not crazy. It's not that far away. And at first it was maybe, I don't know, 50 parking lots or something like that. And the more we would keep sort of recalibrating our eyes with the end and looking up, it became closer and closer. And we were like, you know, we hadn't been drinking or anything like that. We're not crazy. We were kind of laughing and like, is this happening? Are we insane right now? That's definitely something. And basically a giant green ball of light came within about 300 feet and we got the hell out of there and uh, it wasn't Ooh. cool. We didn't enjoy it. It wasn't a, a nice experience. It was terrifying. And so from that point on, Wendy's two for $6 lets you mix and match some of our best items. Like <gasps> Dave single with a 10 piece crispy nugs, medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich, spicy chicken with a Dave single, Dave single with a strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade. If you're into that chicken, Sam, crispy nugs, crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade, Dave's, Dave's nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's on the card only. Single item at regular price. 
This week at Macy's, find your new favorite jeans with 40% off Levi's looks for him and her just in time for spring. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 15% off handbags and wallets already 40 to 50% off. And take an extra 10% off great furniture and mattress deals too. Plus, Star Rewards members earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. It was a giant green ball of light. It was so bright you couldn't see the center. I don't know if it was a craft. I don't know if it was just light. I don't know what it was, but it was some phenomena out of the Northern Lights. And crazy. You know, I, I know how people, when they see things, they go, yeah, everybody thinks I'm nuts, but I know what I saw. So for me, it wasn't so much E.T. that I know of. You know, I wasn't abducted. I didn't see anything. It's just really bizarre things. It shouldn't happen. And uh, both my friend, you know, we told a few people the next day what had happened. And uh, they kind of laughed at first. And then when they saw that it wasn't funny, we weren't joking, they started to get, you know, be become believers. And uh, and so I've had that happen. I've had some paranormal experiences happen over the years. I, uh, I used to be a part owner of a car dealership. Uh, and we had a, you know, a ghost that would move chairs around, you know, angle them at the bathroom door and stuff with the door closed. Uh, I, I thought it was somebody playing a joke. I had four staff members at this small location and it came to the point where I threatened everybody that if I find out who's doing it, you're fired. Like it's not a joke anymore. You're freaking people out. Just stop it. If you, if you enjoy working here, cut the BS. And I went to the auto auction the next day morning and my sales guy took a picture and there was a chair down the fire escape on the landing of it. And he was too scared to even go pick it up. And so when I got back to the dealership, I opened this door that I'd never gone down this hallway and none of the, the cobwebs were disturbed. Somehow the chair flew down nine or 10 steps, didn't break any of the dust bunnies that were in this hallway. Right. So I've had some weird stuff happen that I can't really explain. You know, I drove by a church that was lit up at 2 a.m. one day only to find out later that so many people had reported lights in the church that the city disconnected the power like right off the ground. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, just stuff like that. So I definitely had an open mind, um, not in a uh, I know it all kind of sense, but just in the sense that I don't know it all. And that kind of let everything else flood in. I, I think it really spurred my my interest in the field. Uh, and it's kind of really gone from there. What aspect of it really attracted you? I like the idea of alternate life. I like the idea that there's something that we can eventually become or there's something far greater than us. It's almost humbling that we can't really screw ourselves up too bad if there's something way more powerful kind of watching. So and even from like a spiritual sense, if somebody's taking care of you, you know, you're going to be OK. So maybe it was my longing to have that kind of security and feel good. Um, and it's also maybe just my wanting it to be the case as well. You know, we all have a bias one way or the other. Most people who are into this topic, they believe it's possible. They're not, you know, skeptics that are actively watching UFO videos and, and these types of shows. It's, <laughs> it comes from a desire that you think it's plausible. You don't know what, if it's up or down, but you want to find out more. So, you know, you take that healthy, uh, uh desire for knowledge and you kind of run with it and then. Sometimes it just blossoms into a, a friendship and then a podcast. And, you know, I'm sure you didn't, uh, as an eight-year-old girl, you didn't say you want to host a paranormal podcast at some point, but no. that's life <laughs> just happens, right? So, yes. So since you kind of mentioned it for people who might've not heard last week, can you 
talk a little bit about the UAP Studies podcast? Yeah, so UAP Studies podcast was founded by my good friend Jason Gilmet. I know you were questioning how to pronounce his last name, Gilmetti or Gilmetti. Gilmetti. Gilmet. Gilmet. Anyway, he started the show and uh, he persevered. You know, his first couple episodes were just him, you know, reviewing books or giving opinions. And I, I can only imagine what it's like to have a show that you put everything, you know, your heart and soul in. And then three episodes in, you don't really have any views. Where do you muster up that desire to keep going and the belief that, hey, this can become something. And he did that. And, you know, it's a full-time job, as I now know. It's a full-time job times two because we've each split the workload. And, uh, you know, we have our own families and careers as well. So uh, it's a lot. So if it wasn't for him persevering and getting guys like Jacques Vallée and big-name people on the show early, it it probably wouldn't be here. And uh, I guess to our credit and our curse, that's what we're known for is big-name people it's really hard to get big name people and consistently and, uh, you know, on your terms of when you're able and available to record and everything else. And we were just chatting before the show and some of these people, they will cancel the last minute, you know, scheduling mm-hmm. conflict. We'll do it next Sunday. Okay. Like you're the big fish. We want you on the show. You can pretty much tell us whatever the hell you want. 3 a.m. in New Jersey. We'll be there, you know, like that's Yes. So, you know, it's uh, it's a humbling thing, too, but it's also really exciting when, you know, we have people reaching out, people that have seen certain episodes, lots of positive feedback, like our YouTube channel is only two months old. And I mean, the number of positive comments we've got, it's actually touching. It's not like, oh, it's kind of cool. People dig it. People have gone out of their way to write like genuine heartfelt messages about how they appreciate our show. And we're not just, you know, making a mockery of it. We're not talking little green men. It's science-based discussions with big-name people, people on television, scientists, politicians, former military, you know, witnesses themselves. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's morphed into that. But uh, full credit to Jason because it was his show. I was just uh, honored enough to be a guest and then subsequently asked to be the co-host. And in the last nine months, we've uh, we've tripled in terms of everything, and it's it's growing like crazy. So what started as a hobby has now become a full-time job and may become a full-time job. We don't know. At some point, it may be the only way we can keep up is if that's all we do. So yes. I think that would be awesome. We would love that. Uh, but in the meantime, we're more focused on keep bringing the good content, You know, having those. Without the show, there is no show. So if you don't have good stuff on your show, it doesn't matter how good your marketing and advertising and how good your microphone is and all the rest, it's for nothing. So we that's let true. the show be, you know, speak for itself and we just happen to be along for the ride. That's my opinion on it. So you guys, you guys have had a, a lot of big guests, some people, and, and I know some of these people are hard to get. They're hard to most get. Most of them are very hard to get. Yeah. Yeah. Most Sometimes these- it takes months. Like we're in chats with four people right now. I won't say the name because I don't want to screw it up and I don't want to have anybody yeah. else try to poach them either. But for sure, they're, for sure. they're like when people see, you know, at least once a month, there's a banger. And so yeah. we've got four bangers that we're working on. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's difficult. It's time consuming. It's constant follow up. Like these people get inundated with messages and everything else. We're emailing them. We're on a first name basis, but they're making movies. They're traveling. They have other commitments. Uh, so it's difficult to have it, you know, we need a guest, we need a date, we need a time, right? Like we need to plan it and it's hard to nail them down sometimes. And then 
Sometimes it just comes together. Sometimes you luck out, you know, you hear a name, you reach out and then you do your vetting process and you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe this guy said yes. Like he's an animal, you know? So a lot of it is luck. Uh, and then, you know, connections with those people, they recommend other people and their colleagues watch our episode too, before they decide to come on or not. So again, the show is everything in itself. If it's, if it's not something that they would be okay appearing on, then we're not going to attract that kind of talent. So we try to keep it at the highest level we possibly can. No, and it's great. I mean, you guys have had, you know, you guys had George Knapp, you had Corbell. I know Corbell's hard to nail down. Yeah. Sean Cahill. We had Jim Semivan coming on this Sunday, and nice. I didn't know who he was until I reached out, but he is a legitimate former CIA spy. Like, legit. Not some dude who time-traveled and some bullshit. He's a legitimate <laughs> former spy. And like other big name people are like, you say hi to Jim when he's on the show from me, you know, like I won't name who that is, but those people are saying, give Jim a shout out. We know <laughs> this guy's the real deal. So, you know, uh, you know, George Knapp and those guys as well. We have, like I said, a few big ones coming on shock valet in the past, uh, even yeah. guys like Steven Bassett and John Ventry and Kevin Randall. And, you know, Kevin Randall is one of the only uh, U.S. Air Force people who's ever gone on the record and talked about this stuff. And to this day, the Navy's put out more than the Air Force has. So it's true. These people aren't in abundance and they're not always willing to talk. And we have lots of people that tell us stuff, but won't go on the show. No, I'm not going on camera. Are you nuts? There's, no, there's still a stigma behind this. As much as we think disclosure is happening, and it is a little bit, there's a lot of people that don't ever ask me. I'll help you out, but don't ever ask me to come on the show. So we get what people are willing to give. Yeah, no, and and it's it's kind of nuts. Just when you look at this, I'm like, wow, you guys have had some freaking like big. You got Paula Harris on there. Yeah, Randall, Jonathan, Alejandro Brown. Rojas, uh, Alejandro Rojas. Masters. Um, like I said, Stephen Bassett, John Ventry last week, Jim Semivan. Um, yeah, again, like I said, I, I wish I could name drop more people because I'm super stoked about who's coming. We got our hundredth episode coming out, so oh, yeah. we don't want to say who that's going to be, but it's going to be a big show. And the problem is the bar is set high. We can't just have to do from Texas who has a blog. Now it's tough. How do you find <laughs> that, that was me yesterday. <laughs> was that you yesterday? What happened yesterday? Do you want to talk I about it? Dude, I had a dude from Texas with a blog. Oh no. Didn't you know he was a dude from Texas with a blog? But uh, he had a he has a podcast too. This is Jess's fault for not going too deep into people's background, and you know it was a fine show. It just I was not vetted. It was not vetted. I just did he know. get a little wacky, or was it just there wasn't much to cover because there wasn't much in that career, or what was it? Uh, you should watch it, Louis. Okay, I'll watch the show. Yeah. I won't make you say anything about your guest on, on the air. But. I don't want to say anything bad about my guest. So it was a fine show. Um, it's just when people do, I mean, to be honest though, it's not the only pe person that has, you know, claimed these things like 20 and back, you know, and the secret space program, but we don't really have a way to verify stories yeah, like yeah. this. Yeah. Everybody's got a, a seat at the table and that's sometimes unfortunate because nobody has definitive proof. Nobody has vetted information so anybody's opinion is plausible because we don't have anything to say to the contrary. So, yeah, every, unfortunately, everybody gets an equal share at the table. We think that, well, you know, 
based on who we follow and who we've talked to. Yeah. That it's probably this more than this, but we even really don't know. And sometimes I find myself becoming more opinionated than I'd like because I, I try to remind myself that this may just very well be bigger than we can think. It's not stranger than you can think, stranger than you think, stranger than you can think. It, you right. might just not be able to grasp it. We are, our spectrum of light and, and visual and, and audio and everything else is only so much. So we may very well never be able to grasp this, right? So it's with that sort of humility I try to approach it and say, well, it's possible, I suppose. You know, sometimes it's unpopular and we let people just talk on our show. We don't edit anything. The only thing we've ever edited out has been like a 10 second glitch in somebody's Wi-Fi connection. We did everyone a favor and cut that out because I'm sure you don't want to see it. Other than no. that, we let them go. And there's a few times where like, you know, we listen back to the episode and we're like, oh, did that guy actually say that? Like, are we going to get people ripping our head off because they just said that? And we're like, all right, hit the upload, man. Like fire in the hole. Let it go. Let's see what happens. And because again, it's not our opinion. We're giving yeah. them the floor. Tell us what you think. And like anything in this field, it's very polarizing. 50% agree. 50% say you're totally wrong. So like anything, when we have some guests are, are not very uh, opinionated, they're more neutral. They're more mm -hmm. like, I don't know, maybe, maybe. But some guys come on and say, this is what I think it is. And people try to roast them, even in their own social media followings. They get hate mail and you know all the rest of it. So again, the show is not about us. It's about the people. And uh, yeah, they have varying uh, opinions. You know, one week we'll have a guy that says it's this. The next week, guy goes, yeah, it can't be that. And here's why I think it's not. So we give everybody an equal say. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a challenging thing, as you know, right? It's a full-time job doing this kind of show. Oh, yeah. 100 percent we yep. are on our first break here so i want everybody to stay tuned we're gonna have more with louis after this break uh you are listening to the just rogie show live here on ktlk digital broadcasting the fringe fm this week at macy's find your new favorite jeans with 40 percent off levi's looks for him and her just in time for spring or use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 15% off handbags and wallets, already 40 to 50% off. And take an extra 10% off great furniture and mattress deals too. Plus, Star Rewards members earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Wendy's 2 for $6 lets you mix and match some of our best items, like... Dave Single with a 10-piece crispy nugs. Medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich. Spicy chicken with a Dave Single. Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. If you're into that. Chicken Sam, crispy nugs. Crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade. Dave's, Dave's, nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary. At U.S. Wendy's on the card only. Single item at regular price. Here we go. Let's get that first commercial break going, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned. Oh, and then guess what, guys? I got this cute little video that'll play on YouTube if it works. Let's see here. Nope. All right. Check it out. Let's see if it works.
My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Thousands of people are having paranormal experiences with ghosts, demons, shadow people, dogmen, Bigfoot, and more. Their stories need to be told, and they are being told. Dark Waters, the renowned storyteller, invites you to join at imdarkwaters.com. For just a few dollars a month, you can listen to some of the most hair-raising and compelling stories on the planet. You'll have access to real-life stories told by Dark Waters, thousands of hours of content. Their encounters are being told and told by the best at imdarkwaters.com. Listen to stories like The Rabbit Man, The Dog Man Encounter in Silas, Alabama, The Man with No Face, The Other Woman, A Day Ahead of the Devil, Dog Man Murder in Hurricane Ida, even a story of someone trying to kill a dogman. Louisiana Water Demon Stories. Sign up today and become a member at imdarkwaters.com. That's imdarkwaters.com. Yo, hi there. It's Gigi from Shift Happens. Just stopping by to tell you to stop it. Stop that. Stop that thing that you're doing. And redirect all of your attention right directly back here to the Fringe FM. You're welcome. Musicians experience a lot of frustration with music marketing and promotion. They have no idea how to get their music heard. And they're spending hours sending emails, making phone calls, and hitting up their friends to promote them. With our industry-powered digital marketing platform, we can set up your media plan in minutes. Our team will automatically distribute your music across all the best channels, so you can focus on actually making the music. Submit your music today on our website at mymusicpromoter.com. That's mymusicpromoter.com. Hey there, this is Jess, host of the Jess Rogie Show, and you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, Fringe FM. Tyler, host of Black Hoodie Alchemy here on the Fringe FM every Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. If you suffered in silence or experienced stress from a paranormal experience, even if it happened 20 years ago, when thinking or talking about it today still makes you feel sick to your stomach or makes your heart beat faster, or you suddenly can't breathe, maybe you even feel those old familiar signs of a panic attack trying to reach the surface. You could have unprocessed emotional responses. Those reactions of terror and trauma are no different than living through a horrible assault, childhood abuse, or a terrible car accident. It can be nearly impossible to find help. The very instance of seeing a ghost or encountering a cryptid could be clear described as seeing or hearing things that aren't there. You could be considered psychotic, or at best, you're just not taken seriously. Out of a growing mountain of research, the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare showed that 8 out of 10 veterans who completed just 6 one-hour EFT sessions no longer tested positive for PTSD. If you've had paranormal trauma, you can contact Metaphorical Archaeology by calling 214-995-3754. Again, that's 214-995-3754 for a discreet consultation. Boy, that escalated quickly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back live on KTLK, Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. I'm Jess Rogie. 
This is the Jess Rogi Show. We are live tonight with Louis Borges from UAP Studies Podcast. Let's bring him on. Welcome back, Louis. So, I wanted to ask you, because I thought this was a fun question. If you could interview anybody, like, oh, my camera's not on. on. (laughs) Dream interview, right? If you could interview anybody, living or dead, who would that be? I probably have one of each. So for deceased, I would definitely say Stanton Friedman. uh, Nice. That guy, every interview he would give, he would be smiling as he would talk. You know, like, does it make sense? Why would they do that? Like, he just... I just loved his personality. I agree with just about everything he said. He was never quite too opinionated one way or the other. You know, anybody who can banter with Carl Sagan as they were classmates and, and win the debate. I mean, you've got my full attention. I, I regret never having a chance to meet him. I noticed one of your commenters said, where's Louis Borges from Netherlands or France? Well, I'm actually from Canada and my family's Portuguese. So Borges is Portuguese, but uh, I'm proudly Canadian. So. Uh, but yeah, and so was uh, Stanton Friedman. He was a Canadian, lived in the States, but I think resided in his retired years in New Brunswick or something like that. And and then he tragically had a heart attack in the Toronto airport. So horrible. Probably yeah. on his way to a conference or a lecture, you know, so. I think he uh, was. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, for, as far as uh, passed away, I would go with Stanton. Living, I would say yeah. Bob Lazar. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's ever going to happen, though. I mean, we're good friends with George Knapp. And Jeremy Corbell. And Jeremy, those are like the, that's uh Without George Knapp, nobody would know about um, um, Bob Lazar, right? His story would never have got out. Okay. George Knapp put him on CBS News. I mean, that's a breaking point. And then Jeremy Corbell was the first person to ever do a movie about that. And since then, you know, Bob's written a book. He's been on Joe Rogan. He basically said, like, stop bothering me. Don't call me. Don't ah, show up in my okay. house. Just leave me alone, right? Like, it, this has done him no favors in his career, you know, his business has been raided. His namesake has been, you know, if you read his book, I think it's called Dreamland. It's a really good book. Yes. It, it talks about how they would even go through his car and leave things disturbed on purpose just so he would know somebody messed with his car. So he hasn't made any money off of this. I know a lot of people slam him. They say he can't prove his, you know, school credentials and things like that. There's also been other people that were sort of whistleblowers, too, and the government erased them off the record as well. They couldn't claim a pension anymore because technically they were never in the armed forces. So, you know, there's a lot more to George now or to um, Bob Lazar. So if I had to choose, uh, I would say him, but he, it's probably never going to happen. So well, we'll settle for the, the two guys who made him famous because they're great guys. Yeah, I mean, getting Nap and Corbell is great, too. Yeah, they're just they're just really nice people. And they, yeah. they seem to just have this continued passion for ufos and the mystery and the truth yeah and i think that's that that's something that dies sometimes i see with people that get into this you know i wanted to ask you too like how do you stay i mean i know you probably just stay out of the drama because there is sometimes like there's some friction that an infighting that goes on in the community yeah we don't uh it's difficult, I mean, to not get into it. But again, we do a good job of not being too opinionated on our show. We're pretty clear about our intentions. We bring you the info. You make your own decision. We don't want to hear about it either way kind of thing, right? Like, don't give a shit if you don't like the guest. Don't listen to the episode, right? But trust in the fact that we vetted these people. If we didn't think they had something to contribute to the field, 
you know, we wouldn't bring him on the show. But but to your point about how to stay entertained, I, I want to bring up George Knapp because here's a guy who's been doing this since the 80s. And Just in the seems. 80s, when you talked about this, people looked at you funny. Like your good friends would say, really? Like I'm sure he heard many times, really, George? Like you're going to ruin your career at CBS as a reporter over this shit? Like you got nothing else? Come on, man, let it go. And to have that kind of determination in a day and age where you were a fool to talk about it, and I'm glad he's now getting his vindication. And half of the stuff he said was legit is now being proven to be legitimate, you know? So uh, I, I think now a lot of these older guys are getting their 15 minutes, so to speak, because they were right. And they deserve to stand up and say, I told you. But yet you have these guys like George Knapp, for example, who aren't doing that. They're just, they know, and they could easily boast, but they just maintain that even keel, same guy they've always been. I mean, that's admirable. How do you not lash out to those people who tried to hurt you over the last 30 years and discredit you and everything else? How do you not say, ah, I told you, loser? They just, they don't, they don't go there. And I really respect that. I don't know if I would be as big a man uh, as somebody <laughs> like George. You know, I, I might, I might take my moment to rip somebody's head off. You're like, I told you, Mother Beepers. Exactly. I told you. I was right. Exactly. <laughs> How could you not? You know, so. <laughs> I wanted to ask you too, because you know the the UFO, the this umbrella of ufology, right? A lot of things kind of fall into it and touch it, and it goes from like kind of nuts and bolts to like super out there sometimes. Like, what is there something or somewhere where you kind of draw the line and say, you know that that's too much for me? I don't believe that. Not anymore. I used to, you know, when I first started getting or watching ancient aliens, I'd get halfway through an episode. They talk about the history and, you know, uh, ancient cultures. And the, so you can't really refute the fact that the stones are there that many times. Look how, you know, ingeniously they were built. And then sometimes it would go a little too far and they would just assume that everything had to be aliens. Right. And the more I learned on the topic, it was like, OK, maybe they're just pitching it in such a way because it meets with the flavor of their show. But there could be something to that, you know, like just because they're presenting it in such a way that might be a bit tacky at times doesn't mean there might not be something to the fact that we might have been visited. Maybe they did help. You know, were the pyramids built by us or by aliens? There's millions of people on either side of that fence. Regardless, it's pretty you know, coincidental that at a time where they had copper tools that could barely cut through wood, you're supposed to be cutting through granite and basalt and things you need diamond tip blades to cut through. Like it's easy to say, Oh, with enough will and manpower and determination, you could build it with men. Fair enough. But you live 20 years, you know, 3000 or 4,000 years ago. Yeah, that's, that's You're going to spend half your life on something. Like maybe they did. I don't know. I, it just seems like there's some info that got lost somewhere. <laughs> there's supposedly <laughs> something under the Sphinx. One of the paws. Yes, I think it was Edgar Casey, that uh, psychic guy, the future. Yeah, and then um, who did who did the research? Uh, somebody's gonna let me see. That talked about like there's water erosion around the paws. Yeah, Robert Shock. Yes, Robert Shock. Yeah, it wasn't wind; it's water erosion. I mean, that thing is probably twenty or thirty thousand years old, not four or five. You know, and I think even uh, is it Akhenaten or whoever has the inscription mm -hmm. on the front of it basically just said we awakened the sphinx from the sand like it was buried 
we unburied it and it became like the genie in the lamp, so to speak. It blessed us because we we freed him. So who knows how long it had been there, you know? So it makes you think too, like how long have beings been here? I mean, are were they even human then or were they is it this like advanced race that could be alien to us now, yeah. you know, yeah. that still survived? It just you don't we don't know. We really don't know who who built them. And that's why I think the ancient alien show did so well cuz it's like was sure. it the aliens? It's always was it the aliens? Well, I mean, maybe this has been going on for thousands of years and humans and extraterrestrials have been interfacing. And maybe the message now is, hey, you're destroying your planet and we don't like nuclear weapons. Maybe the message back then was you need to evolve. You need to seek knowledge. You need to, you know, build things that maybe they gave them projects that they knew would hone their skills to make them better at finding more things on their own. I mean, we don't know. Right. There's a million and one theories, but I don't believe anything was for nothing. Um, I don't, I mean, there's proof that there's genetic modifications, but yet viruses modify genetically as well. So yes. it's very complicated and nobody really has any definitive proof. And again, the government is a big piece of this global governments. If there was a smoking gun, it sure as hell is not on Google for the average Joe to find. Right. So I don't know. I have a humble respect for what I don't know. Yes. And I think, you know, doing this and, you know, diving into this topic, I think the more you actually do it and the more you get into it, the more questions there are versus answers. Yeah. And it seems and I, I think for me, like every guest you talk to, you know, it kind of shifts your perspective a little more and maybe opens your mind up to another area, you know, that you might not have thought of before. Is there a researcher or somebody in the field, like, I mean, maybe it would be Stanton, but who, who, is there somebody that you kind of respect and look up to uh, nowadays? Who, that's a tough question. I don't know. I've always been, even with like music, I've always been like uh, as many as possible kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I like everybody for their own right and a different reason. I, I have agreements and disagreements with everybody. I use them as encyclopedias. Tell me everything you know, so that I can make a better informed opinion myself. And, you know, to be totally honest, my opinions have changed over the years. And so has my co-host, Jason. You know, we used to be more nuts and bolts, UFO. And then you start talking to people about, you know, interdimensional, ultra terrestrial, you know, the theory from, uh, it was Hal Putoff, I believe, right? The ultra terrestrial Yes, Hal Putoff, yes. Yeah. And where it's like kind of a hybrid theory of, it's not just like ancient aliens or, you know, beings from another planet or, you know, uh, technology, maybe from an adversary. It's the idea that it could be a combination of everything. You know, it's not just, maybe it's time travelers as well. Like Michael Paul Masters calls them extra tempestrial. Jeez, when I okay. told Stephen Bassett that he almost fell out of his chair, he's been doing this 30 years. He's like, what, what did you just say? Extra tempestrial. That's the idea that they're really just us in the future. We've had to leave, go somewhere else. Our genetics have changed because of our new planet. That's why we look like aliens, but we come back to harvest genetics or something important to keep us going. So it's us in the future coming back. That's the uh, extra tempestrial theory. Extra tempestrial. It's super interesting. Yeah. Michael Paul Master, he didn't pay me to say this, but he's a good guy, super intelligent. And he's an anthropologist. He's like studying yes. bones and Australopithecus and shit like that. 
not too many of those ancient guys are into like futuristic stuff. So I do respect his perspective on things, especially because, I mean, he has a PhD in how we used to look. We went from that to where we are. If you fast forward, yeah, we kind of do look like aliens. Our jaws shrink, our heads keep growing. That causes a bulging in the eyes. We're not lifting and hunting food anymore. We lose our muscle mass. Maybe our new planet has a different gravity. So, I mean, it's a plausible theory. It's a very interesting theory that it's just us in the future. If you fast forward our evolution another million years, we look like them. We're greys. So, yeah, I, I like I, to give everybody uh, equal space in my brain and not really say that's this way or that. It's more interesting if if I don't try to figure it out. Yeah, I think so. And I do find his theory interesting. I did reach out to him and he told me at that time he wasn't doing interviews. So Michael Masters. We'll see. These are difficult people to get on the program. Let me just say it's. it's oh, it's even worse now because I go on at 11 p.m. Pacific. It's even worse now. I'm not yeah. going to get big people in the at night unless I pre-record because it's freaking late. Yeah. And I thank you for staying up late. We for have sure. a question. From the wandering, a wandering witch, Navier, a good friend of the show, a regular guest here. She says, Does the guest feel that there's land beyond Antarctica, land beyond the ice wall? Are you familiar with that? I, I am. I know quite a bit about the Antarctica thing. So I don't quite understand when they say the, the ice wall. Like, is that, that's more of like a flat earth theory. Like, there's a legitimate mm -hmm. wall there and something beyond that's it. I do see Antarctica in the typical three dimensional fashion of being on a globe. I see it as terrestrial land covered in ice, just like, you know, the satellite imagery has shown. I do wholeheartedly believe there's something strange going on there. They've either found some ancient ruins. Um, you know, I think it was Linda Moulton Howe that had somebody who was flying airplane missions from McMurdo to some other base, basically transporting scientists and gear and all that stuff. And they got an emergency call one time and said, hey, you got to get this guy. He's had a heart attack or something. And there was a no-fly zone area that they were told was an air sampling station. You don't fly over that because it'll screw up the reading, right? jet exhaust or whatever. So it's a two-hour diversion around this area. And for the sake of this guy's life, they said, screw it. And they flew right through it, thinking, it's Antarctica. We're military. It's all ice. Okay, we can beg for forgiveness if we screw up an air sample. And when they landed, they were interrogated, threatened, everything else. And they oh. basically saw a massive hole in the middle of Antarctica, like uh, a place where things could come in and out of. And uh, yeah, they uh, that happened, right? So I do wholeheartedly believe there's something there. I've heard talk of, you know, the Russians finding a, a lake buried miles deep, pyramids below. Um, you know, there have been maps that were made in like the 1600s that I show know. Antarctica with no ice. They show each individual island and how to get in and out. How the hell do they know that? They don't have, you know, ground penetrating radar in the 1600s. So No, they don't. <laughs> you know, I mean, the Ice Age didn't recede and come back and forth in such a short amount of time. These things take millions of years, you know. So I think there's a lot of uh, intriguing stuff about Antarctica. Um, it's curious that everybody has a stake, you know, kind of like North Pole. If you go to the Antarctica, everybody has a sliver. They're all staking a claim. I don't know if they think it's for natural resources or what, but maybe it's just a huge supply of fresh water. I mean, there's more fresh water locked up in the ice there than everywhere else on the planet. So yeah. I think that might have something to do with it as well. It kind of leads it to people think more of it than it really is. But 
I think there's lots of spooky stuff that happens there. I think there are some secrets and nobody truly knows what's up. So I, I like that topic. No, it's a very deep topic too. And thank you for your answer. And thank you for your question. Wondering which Navier Sylvain says, what do you think about parallel universes? I, uh, I agree. I think uh, when you look at quantum physics and quantum mechanics, every time something happens or doesn't happen, there's an equally possible chance that that was a separate universe that just continued on that way. You know, in one, in one universe, you stepped in front of the bus and got hit. And in the other, you didn't, uh, it gets really weird when you start going down that rabbit hole. In fact, there was a movie that came out in the early two thousands. It was called what the bleep do we know down the rabbit hole? And I remember the, that movie. Yeah. It's exactly what they talked about. You know, like is anything really matter? Or if you look away, is it just potential energy? And then it becomes something because it's being observed, you know, and they did all these experiments with firing electrons through screens and it would have one result when they just let it go. And when they would film it, it would have another result. So when it wasn't being filmed, it was potential energy. It was in superposition. It could land here or here or here for no rhyme or reason. But when it was observed, the dots would only go there or there. Like they had a purpose. Now they can only behave a certain way. So there's some really basic experiments you can do that come up with results that you can't even explain. Even on like a grade eight science class level, you can demonstrate this stuff, you know? And I mean, CERN was created looking for the God particle or the Higgs boson. That's the ultimate small particle. You know, you go from molecules to atoms to nucleus, electrons, and smaller, 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 smaller. They believe that that is the most finite particle of mass that exists. And uh, we can't figure out antimatter, but if we can figure out, you know, energy from the tiniest particle, I mean, think about how massive the universe is, right? It's unlimited energy. So, so very interesting topic. I do believe there are parallel universe. I don't, I don't really know what that means. Like, I don't think I could imagine five dimensions. Like, what the hell is that? You know, like, right. is, is it other realities simultaneous? Is it, you know, do you no longer have a body? You're just light energy or you're just consciousness? I, I don't, my brain is still a student when it comes to that whole, I meditate on that stuff and uh, I don't feel like I get any clearer most times. And it's, it's, it's hard stuff too. I mean, even like this whole consciousness aspect of the whole thing and going from like nuts and bolts and really starting to dive into consciousness, you know, even uh, Brian Whitaker says, you know, what do you think of Grant Cameron? Grant Cameron kind of moved towards the more consciousness side of things too. I'm not sure if I know of Grant Cameron and forgive me if I don't, if I'm the only guy in the planet's never heard of him, shame <laughs> on me, but somebody could paraphrase who is Grant Cameron. I've probably heard of his work or you his probably ideas. have. I can't go off the top of my head and people are like, just Brian horrible. Whitaker. You got to tell me who Grant Cameron is, bro. Don't just give me a, Oh, I think he's asking because Grant Cameron is a central Canadian UFO researcher. And his um, thing is that, uh, He's best known for uh, the sighting of Charlie Red Star. I don't know if you're familiar with that. So no. he here's what uh, Louis thinks. He's not familiar with him. <laughs> I, I, I again, I'm not an expert on Canadian UFO sightings. My partner Jason, he's the Western Canada chief investigator for MUFON, so he's pretty knowledgeable about that. Perhaps he knows. He uh, I know there is a big thing on the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, kind of a. The NAD, they're like the FBI of Canada, so to speak. Mm -hmm. They do have a whole dossier in web form that you can look up. And uh, 
and they're not redacted files either. It's the actual case files of these reports. And I mean, we do have a famous Paul Hellyer, who was the former, you know, uh, minister of defense. And uh, he even said there was a, a crash craft at some point. So important to the fact that he was woken out of bed from one of his, you know, um, lower officers. And he went out there and uh, our friends, the Americans were already there cleaning it up. And so he was really kind of upset, like, wait a minute, how do I not even know, you know, about this in my own country? And I'm the head of the military. This is bullshit. And uh, that led him to kind of want to find out more and, and, you know, dig into this and all the rest. So uh, I'm familiar with Paul Hellyer. I'm familiar with some of the big Canadian um, stories, you know, like Shag Harbor. Mm -hmm. uh, they still talk about that, you know, something crashed in the ocean. They called in the Coast Guard, you know, floated under the water for a while. It was seen and then nothing was ever recovered. So there have been lots of stuff. Again, I had weird experience and uh, it was Fort McMurray, Alberta, for those of you who know. Um, but you're basically not far from the Arctic Circle at that point, you know, like it's about as far north as as humans live in North America. And so you can see the Aurora Borealis, right? The Northern Lights and the native legend says, if you whistle at those things, they come towards you. We didn't whistle at it. It just turned into a massive green ball above our heads. And to this day, I still don't even like telling people because even though I'm open-minded and I tell people, yeah. hey, I'm into UFOs and UAPs and I'm a believer, I don't like telling that story because I think people think I'm I'm full of it, you know, and uh, I really don't care. So I don't I don't really tell it when people ask in this context, I will. But the average person who knows me has no idea that that ever happened in my life. So. Yeah, see, I haven't had that experience yet, but I maybe I will. But, you know, you're kind of lucky because you can see all those beautiful Aurora Borealis is uh, up there and uh just that might, I think that alone has just got to be breathtaking. Oh yeah. It started off as amazing. And then it was absolutely terrifying and I would never want to see them again, ever. It's just, uh, it was a traumatic Ooh, thing. Can... It wasn't cool. Yeah. There's something going on. That's not supposed to happen. You're not supposed to see a bunch of green lights in the distance and then realize it's just getting more and more concentrated and getting closer to you until you just get the hell out of there. That's not supposed to happen. So, uh, Again, I don't think that I think it, these things have the ability to cloak themselves as other things. And if they're going to appear, yes. they're not just going to show up and let everybody see. They're going to start off as something. And, you know, it's like the video of the dog pretending to nap on the couch and then he takes a bite of the cake and leaves. It's kind of the same thing. We're here, but we're not here. We're here. OK, and now we're here. You know, it's it's uh, they don't want to really mess with us too bad. So, yeah, oh, it's, it's it's true. It's true. So we are going to take our bottom of the hour break here. I guess top of the hour break because we are coming up on yep. midnight here on the West Coast. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back with more with Louie. We're going to talk a little bit more about UFOs. And, you know, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the government, too, uh, the U.S. and, and Canada. I want to talk a little bit about the, the differences between how uh, we talk about UAPs. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back with more here on ktlk digital broadcasting the fringe fm and i'm jess rogie here we go guys this week at macy's find your new favorite jeans with 40 percent off levi's looks for him and her just in time for spring or use your coupon or macy's card and take an extra 15 percent off handbags and wallets already 40 to 50 percent off and take an extra 10% off great furniture and mattress deals too. 
Plus, Star Rewards members earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Wendy's 2 for $6 lets you mix and match some of our best items. Like... Dave Single with a 10-piece crispy nugs. Medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich. Spicy chicken with a Dave Single. Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. If you're into that. Chicken Sam, crispy nugs. Crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade. Dave's, Dave's, nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price and participation may vary. At U.S. Wendy's on the card only. Single item at regular price. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Thousands of people are having paranormal experiences with ghosts, demons, shadow people, dogmen, Bigfoot, and more. Their stories need to be told, and they are being told. Dark Waters, the renowned storyteller, invites you to join at IamDarkWaters.com. For just a few dollars a month, you can listen to some of the most hair-raising and compelling stories on the planet. You'll have access to real-life stories told by Dark Waters, thousands of hours of content. Their encounters are being told and told by the best at IamDarkWaters.com. Listen to stories like The Rabbit Man, The Dogman Encounter in Silas, Alabama, The Man with No Face, The Other Woman, A Day Ahead of the Devil, Dogman Murder in Hurricane Ida, even a story of someone trying to kill a dogman. Louisiana Water Demon Stories. Sign up today and become a member at imdarkwaters.com. That's imdarkwaters.com. You are there. It's Gigi from Shift Happens. Just stopping by to tell you to stop it. Stop that. Stop that thing that you're doing. And redirect all of your attention right directly back here to the Fringe FM. You're welcome. Musicians experience a lot of frustration with music marketing and promotion. They have no idea how to get their music heard. And they're spending hours sending emails, making phone calls, and hitting up their friends to promote them. With our industry-powered digital marketing platform, we can set up your media plan in minutes. Our team will automatically distribute your music across all the best channels, so you can focus on actually making the music. Submit your music today on our website at mymusicpromoter.com. That's mymusicpromoter.com. Hey there, this is Jess, host of the Jess Rogie Show, and you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, Fringe FM. Tyler, host of Black Hoodie Alchemy here on the Fringe FM every Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific Time. 
If you suffered in silence or experienced stress from a paranormal experience, even if it happened 20 years ago when thinking or talking about it today still makes you feel sick to your stomach or makes your heart beat faster or you suddenly can't breathe, maybe you even feel those old familiar signs of a panic attack trying to reach the surface. You could have unprocessed emotional responses. Those reactions of terror and trauma are no different than living through a horrible assault, childhood abuse, or a terrible car accident. It can be nearly impossible to find help. The very instance of seeing a ghost or encountering a cryptid could be clinically described as seeing or hearing things that aren't there. You could be considered psychotic, or at best, you're just not taken seriously. Out of a growing mountain of research, the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare showed that 8 out of 10 veterans who completed just 6 one-hour EFT sessions no longer tested positive for PTSD. If you've had paranormal trauma, you can contact Metaphorical Archaeology by calling 214-995-3754. Again, that's 214-995-3754 for a discreet consultation. Boy, that escalated quickly. back ladies and gentlemen live on ktlk digital broadcasting the fringe fm i'm jess rogie this is the jess rogie show tonight we got louis gorgeous the uap studies podcast joining us let's bring him back in here turn on my camera let's see i'm gonna click a bunch of stuff guys Thank you guys so much for joining us, and thank you to everybody who's just joined us. Is this you? Are you UAP This is Jason, I think. (gasps) Jason, and welcome, Jason. Jason's watching the show, my buddy. Hey, Jason, UAP Study Podcast. Thank you for joining us in the chat. He says Sean Cahill and Luis Elizondo are working with Canadian politician Larry McGuire to promote North American disclosure. Yeah. That's correct. And I guess I could say it now, Jason, I hope you don't kill me, but we were working on a four man panel and the whole thing went to shit and completely fell apart. So I guess I could talk about it. So we were approached by a very influential person, a connection of ours that said, we want to have a very serious person from the United States, an equally serious person from the United Kingdom, one from Australia, one from Canada. They had three out of the four And they needed Larry Maguire, who recently stood up in the House of Commons in Canada and said, I think we should participate and share whatever we know with the Americans. They're our allies. And uh, we reached out to this guy. And as soon as it come time to come on camera and go on the record, mom's the word. These people don't want to talk. And uh, the whole thing went fell apart. I mean, we still subsequently got two out of three of those other people on our show anyway. But ultimately, it was a four man panel. And I think some of these people are a little intimidated, too. We uh, also had a recent offer to have a two-man panel with two varying, very popular people right now. I'm not going to say the names. Uh, And then one graciously bowed out and said, hey, listen, I've never met that person, but I respect them highly. I don't want to be on a show debating that guy. Like, I want to go for a beer with that guy. I want to learn from that guy. So sometimes we try to put these people in a format that we think is entertaining. They don't want to be in a ring. They don't want to fight. A lot of these people are about the real deal. They want to get disclosure out and they want to make this happen. And, you know, sometimes we have that want for theatrics for the the next best show. Like, oh, my God, let's put them in a ring with lions and see what happens. Uh, But 
you know, when it comes down to the serious level of, you know, let's have this thing come out for the benefit of everybody. In theory, sometimes it's a great idea. It's very rare that it works, you know, and guys don't want to be outdone. There's egos in this game. Some people want money. It's very dynamic. There are egos in the game. There yeah. are. And I, and, 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 you know, you guys are dealing with a lot of the top level people. So you guys are dealing with a lot of egos. Oh, yeah. And we have to watch what we say too, mainly oh. because we're at the point now where we literally have people that work with the government in a high level intelligence area feeding us gas, people that they're connected with that have already been working with the government for years. Well, like big name people that you would not expect have that in. And I mean, last week we had John Ventry on the show. A lot of you uh, uh, people might recognize him from like Hangar One, UFO Files, been on TV forever. And he basically theorized that Bob Bigelow was behind all of this. Hence the Skinwalker Ranch, hence the Tom DeLonge and all this stuff pertaining to like, you know, weird technologies that might have some use in space. It's Elon Musk and Bob Bigelow. First one to figure out interstellar travel wins. So, you know, his theory is that even though Bob is not in the forefront, he's actually a big part of this in the background. And again, we don't really know. There are closed groups that discuss this stuff and until it's fully disclosed. And even when it's fully disclosed, you're never going to get the full picture, just like we never have. You know, it's for national security reasons, too. Yeah. So do you think because um, a lot of people and a lot of this is because is it a threat and all the information, all the interviews that you've seen is this are do you think UAPs are a threat? Do you think that's why it's being uh, kept secret? So two thoughts on that. So first thought is, well, they come and take people out of their bedroom at two o'clock in the morning against their will, perform random tests on them. Yeah, they bring them back. But if somebody came into your house and did whatever the hell they wanted, would that not be a threat? Yeah. So there's that aspect of it. And then there's the aspect I lean more towards of if they wanted us to be slaves, we would. If they wanted to just blow up the planet, they would. If they wanted to rob it of its resources, we, they wouldn't care. You know, my friend Jason and co-host always says, you know, if they were not benevolent, they wouldn't just leave a cow. They would just shoot it out the airlock or they would abduct us, do what they want to do. And we'd never be seen again. They wouldn't bother coming back and bringing us here and, you know, tucking us back in bed. So how evil is something that actually cares that and, you know, erase our memory if they do that, you know, like, so there seems to be a bit of caution. They're gentle with us. They're treating us like their ant farm. They don't want to squish the ants. They want to see what the ants can build. So it feels like that. That That's just my opinion on it. So, but I also, you know, you look at the Tic Tac and this and that, and everybody else is saying, well, from a military perspective, this is a threat mm -hmm. only if they have the same capability as our own planes. Hey, we could accidentally hit each other one day. If they're that far ahead and they're just here, 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 they're not going to hit us. You know, like we think, oh, wow, that was a close one. No, it's not. It's, in their eyes, it's nothing. Right. So. So I have varying opinions on that. I personally don't think it's a threat, but I think if they're only interfacing with certain governments and that technology never gets used for mankind's benefit, but just becomes military and everything else, then there is some inherent threat as a cause of all that. So I know that's a complex answer, but. No, it is. And you think about it because, you know, they say that the governments have had 
you know, recovered crash technology, you know, for years, you know, even since like yep. Roswell time. So if that's the case, then is that why we've had such a technology like jump and why we're all of a sudden, you know, we yep. have microchips and all of a sudden we have computers and then these things keep advancing very fast. So, I mean, that is a theory and a thought, you know, it's, it's, it's possible that we already have all that stuff. Yeah, what is it? Uh, fiber optic cable supposedly came out of that Roswell crash. You know, you shine yes. light on this light colored wire and you can see the light at the other end. And if you do look at the curve of, you know, how technologies advance, it's not like a linear curve where it's like this. It's like it starts and then it goes straight up. So, but again, too, when things snowball, it's not, you know, two is four is eight is 16. It's like, Two, four, eight, nine thousand, forty-two million. It's like exponentially exploding. So I don't think it follows that typical. It's not a billiard ball theory of you know equal in, equal out. I think that when this type of thing gains momentum, it's collective momentum, and everybody's snowball adds up. You know. So, but again, too, I mean, you look at the. It's it is coincidental that we've been on this planet hundreds of thousands of years as evolved beings, millions of years as primitive beings. And like, look where we're at in such a short amount of time. And right. I mean, two, 250 years, we robbed all the resources of the planet and polluted the shit out of it. In a 4 billion year planet life cycle, 200 years is nothing. And look what's happened, right? So it's hard to think it's for nothing. No, it's true. We have kind of wrecked it in a short amount of time. <laughs> Other humans didn't seem to wreck it so bad. Yeah. So I still think it's going to be more habitable than going to Mars. Like, think about that, okay? You're going to have to live in a pod where if there's ever a failure of anything, power or oxygen, you're dead. Like, society will go extinct instantly the first time there's a technological glitch. I mean, cell phone carriers go offline for three days. How the hell does that happen, right? There's no way it's going to be more beneficial to live on Mars in an artificially created bubble than to just deal with what's happening on planet earth. Like it's, we're still designed to live in this environment. Okay. Maybe it gets hotter. Maybe you can't live in certain places. Maybe there's a lot we have to do. Do you know how much we have to do to colonize Mars? Like that's insane. And it's an eight year one way trip. You can't even sit on a plane for five hours without hating everybody. Eight years. They're going to murder each other before they even get close. Can you imagine being stuck on like, Oh, shuttle for like eight years, screaming baby or a guy snoring for eight years. Oh man. He ain't going to make it hypersleep. If they have hypersleep, like in the movies, you know, then they'd have to put everyone under. You'd have to be in like a a, a comatose stasis so that you didn't lose your shit. You know, I can't even imagine. I can't even handle being on an airplane for more than an hour, let alone being stuck in a tin can in the in space, you know, where everything can kill you and yeah. then go to a planet where everything can kill you. No, I, I do agree with you on that. I don't think, I think it would be much easier to try to fix or adapt here yeah, than to, for sure. to colonize a whole nother planet. Even um, if we built pods here or bubbles here, at least we have ocean water. We can desalinate, treat and drink. You don't have to bring a whole planet worth of resources to another planet. You know, it's just, it's almost asinine to talk about it. All this, I think it's all a cover. You know, Elon Musk and all these guys are going to Mars. Bullshit. You're just trying to figure out space travel. Mars has no interest to anybody. It's a barren planet with zero resources and no atmosphere. Stop talking about it. We're not going to Mars. 
This week at Macy's, find your new favorite jeans with 40% off Levi's looks for him and her just in time for spring. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 15% off handbags and wallets already 40 to 50% off. And take an extra 10% off great furniture and mattress deals too. Plus, Star Rewards members earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Wendy's 2 for $6 lets you mix and match some of our best items. Like... Dave Single with a 10-piece crispy nugs. Medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich. Spicy chicken with a Dave Single. Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. If you're into that. Chicken Sam. Crispy nugs. Crispy nugs. Strawberry lemonade. Dave's. Dave's. Nugs. Nugs. Sam. Sam. Phew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price participation may vary. U.S. Wendy's on the card only. Single item at regular price. We will be here for millions of years in the future. For sure. One way or the other. We will blow ourselves up before we ever get a chance to go to Mars. So let's stop talking about Mars. Hopefully not soon. We have a question from Sylvain. He says, what do you think about the pyramids? I know we kind of depends which pyramid are we talking like the step pyramid pyramid at Joser or are we talking about like the great pyramid here's the thing about the pyramids everybody thinks they're for burying pharaohs I don't think ever a pharaoh's ever been found in any great pyramid they're all buried in the valley of the kings people find traces of like chemical burns in the pyramids like it was some type of an energy plant or used to either tune into like a frequency or, you know, create some type of an energy, right? So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 and again, too, you look at ley lines and things like energy lines around the planet. Um, again, they're, they're in perfect Orion formation. I don't know if it was out of reverence or maybe they saw, you know, because people have seen flying triangles. They've also seen pyramids. Maybe they yeah. saw a bloody pyramid and want to show reverence to that which they believe is now God. Let's build our own pyramid so they come back. So they realize, hey, we know you. We saw you. We built a huge one of you, right? Um, so I really don't know about the pyramids. I think it's similar to um, the Sphinx where they're much older than we think. I don't know why you would go through the trouble of putting in all those hidden chambers and like massive, you know, eight foot thick granite block and then another empty void on the other side of it. Like, why the hell would you bother? And it's not just like they stack bricks in a pyramid shape until they were done. These things with these tunnels, you have to build around it. So every layer is slightly different than the one below because that shaft is going one way or the other. Like, why would you make it so crazy difficult when it's already a crazy difficult project? So I really don't know what to make of the pyramids. I have a humble reverence for them. Um, Half of me believes it could be man-made, like possible. The other half believes it was with some help. But again, it still doesn't answer the question of why and what the hell are they for, you know, because they weren't used for burying pharaohs. So, you know, it's crazy because, you know, I, I remember in school being taught that, you know, these are these are burial chambers. Right. And it seems yeah. that only within. I don't know if it's been since ancient aliens where I kind of saw that they said this could be a power generator of some sort and uh, be able to, you know, have wireless power in the, uh, in that time period. And, and that just makes you think, was it (laughs) back to ancient aliens? Was it, was it aliens? Was it aliens? We don't know. It's possible. I mean, if you look at a lot of different, you know, um, 
cultures and sort of ancient texts, they talk about many different runs at the world. This is like the fourth or fifth world. We had everything. We got greedy. The creator destroyed it or natural disaster destroyed it. So these extinction events. And even if you look at the fossil record, if you take humans out of the equation, we know there was extinction events with dinosaurs and everything else, right? So it's not that far a stretch to think that there were things here prior. Um, again, I think that if something has figured out interstellar travel, it's not just like they figured it out and they could barely get here by the skin of their teeth. It's a piece of cake. They do this and many others have done it and it's like nothing, right? So I don't see, um, I don't see that being impossible. The thing for me that I kind of find intriguing is you look at like the Nazca lines. So yes. that's not like a great big pyramid or crazy technology, but why are you drawing pictures of monkeys that you can only see from like a thousand feet in the air or higher? Even right. if you're on the ground, you don't know if the arm is crooked or not because you can't see it. You're, it's right in front of you. It's not, you know, you need that vantage point. And, like, and they're not even like they, they, they um, I think they move the rocks in perfect. Yes. So you have like a sand section of it. It just seems like a hell of a lot. And where they are is in the middle of nowhere. It's not like there's farms around it. It's in the remote mountains of, of that area, right? So, you know, they must have seen something to draw a picture in hopes that something could see it you know, or let them know that, hey, these species exist here or something like that, you know? It's such a mystery. Daryl says maybe giants because giants are yeah. giants are part of the equation too. I think giants are not even a question. Yes. Yeah, I believe the giant skeletons that people have found. I believe that. Yes. Even if you're like a, a scriptural person, you look in like biblical record. Um, what was it? David and Goliath. Goliath mm -hmm. was a giant. Um, and in fact, that there was a giant on the Jewish side as well that Goliath destroyed in two seconds. And then David was like, well, we got to have somebody in this fight because he killed our best guy. So send the smallest guy. And, you know, it's it's the metaphor of, you know, the little guy wins the underdog and all the rest. But but even back into the time of that story, he was a giant. And uh, I think it's in Sardinia, uh, Sicily. They have giants and tombs and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that I think there was a species of giants at some point that did live on the planet for sure. There's a massive door. I saw a video the other day. I don't know where it is, if it's in Turkey or someplace, but it's this massive cathedral. About. Yeah, the door's like 40 feet tall, and the latch to lock it is 30 feet in the air. Like who the hell could reach that thing? Right. So why would they make it so difficult? You know? No, it's true. Even uh, I had uh, Ellie Marzulli on not too long ago, and he talked about going to Catalina Island, that which is right here off the coast of Southern California, and he went to their museum, and he went, uh, you know, back to to take pictures of of some of the work while he was doing research, and he took a picture of a giant skeleton that they discovered over in Catalina, but they did not put it out on display. They have it the photo in the back. So it seems like they're all, they're all over. The place. And that's, what's nuts about all this is giants have basically kind of been hidden from us. Right. And, and pop culture, not in pop culture, but popular knowledge and UFOs as well have been hidden from us. And it seems that now like the, this, 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 with the veil, the, the, the curtains opening, the man's behind the curtain, they're showing, we're starting to see that, there's a lot more going on in this planet than we can imagine. Do you think it's it's part of disclosure? Was this planned? Do you think people are just with with articles, with 
the the different um, evidence that more people are just becoming aware of these things like UAPs and all this strange stuff going on? I think what happens is when, you know, an official body like the government says yes or no on something, and it's very rare they'll ever do that. You ask a right. politician, hey, are you going to change this? Well, we're going to look into it and do our best. Like, so when the government came out in the 40s and said, there's no such thing as aliens, it's like, ah, like you drew a line in the sand. Nobody can now go back because you admit guilt for 80 years. So they kind of screwed everybody successively in the future. So even if they wanted to say, hey, you know, we were wrong, it's hard to admit to your the people that elected you, that trust you, that you knew full well and haven't been telling them. You know, the immediate question is, well, what else haven't you been telling us about? And that's a slippery slope when it comes to government, control, preventing anarchy, right? So uh, I, I think... Um, I, I think disclosure is coming now because they do want it out. I do definitely see with some of our connections that there's certain people that the government knows are legitimate and want them to talk, but they also want to keep a close eye on the temperature of this. They want to make sure there's no fanatics. Uh, there's nobody, you know, disinformation to the extreme. They don't want another, you know, storm area 51 event to actually happen. They don't want people storming the Capitol buildings and crazy stuff like oh. that again. Right. So I think there are people within intelligence that, you know, the same people that are going on Google every day to make sure somebody's not posting a website on how to make a bomb. People are watching that stuff. And I think these people also watch our programs. They know who's real. They know who's full of it. Uh, and they make sure the people that have kind of the right heart set that mm -hmm. they do well and that uh, we're allowed to do and say what we want to do without any implication. And I think if somebody were to try to, you know, control that narrative or profit off of that or somehow convince people that the government is screwing with you too much, I think they'd have a problem. I think even now, I'm not saying men in black are going to show up at your door, but if you think the government's not listening, you're kidding yourself, especially if you have a public platform like this. They I are definitely so. listening. Hello, government agency. Thank you, guys. Love Thank you. you listening. Everything yeah, and remember... And please hit that like button there, government yeah, agents. Since you're watching, would you subscribe already? <laughs> no, but I've heard this for a long time. You know, you hear these whispers that, you know, at the conferences, you know, that there are government people there just kind of seeing what the community is talking about. And like you said, seeing who's got the right kind of mindset towards it, who's a little yeah. more nutty or who's. Look who what happened to Alex Jones. He got a ridiculous amount of money. Okay, I get what he did was incorrect. If that was a normal civil suit, it wouldn't have been $40 million or whatever it was. Yeah, the right. government wanted to nail that guy, and they did. So it's very reminiscent of Bob Lazar and everything else. If you want to stand up and say, I don't care what you want, you know, how much control you want to have over me, I'm going to blow the whistle on something you're not, I'm not supposed to talk about. You're going to have problems. It's just the way it is. If you think about it, if you're trying to control 300 million people, you cannot have people doing things to one-up you. The government still has the final say and the veto vote. So don't, like, don't go there. You're not going to win. There's a way we can all collaborate and have an opinion without it meaning that you accuse the government of being, you know, sons of you know what or this or that. Like, people are people. I genuinely believe people in government are doing their best. I think it's the most difficult job on the planet. I see somebody commented earlier, what do I think about Trudeau? I think he's yeah. got the hardest job in the country. 
I think no matter what you say or do, half the people are going to like you, half the people are going to think you're an idiot. I used to have a DJ company. Whenever I played a wedding, the young people either love it or the old people hate it or the other way around. I'm always pissing off somebody. So as far as politicians go, A, they're not the top seat. They're just the puppet. So my advice to anybody with politics, don't vote for the puppet. Vote for the party. Some of these puppets are very good at making it seem like they have your interest at heart. Look at what the party stands for. If they're not for small business or big business or whatever the hell side you're on, they're not for you. So don't vote the puppet, vote the party. That's my that's my little snippet of political advice for the day. Nice. Thank you. That's, there's your clip. <laughs> yeah. It's true, though, because the real government doesn't change hands every four to eight years. There's people with intelligence jobs that have been around 30 years, you know, like right? that stayed throughout the changes. Yeah. Those people know too much. They don't turn over. It's dangerous to lose those people. It's just interesting to think like how because probably right if you think back to, you know, back back when they were doing like Blue Book and stuff and things like that, they had to think about the mindset of the public. Right. And how the public could accept or not yeah. accept what's going on so it took also i guess this is my theory it took this long for the public to kind of be in a place where you know people aren't going to start shooting themselves or something like you know they talk about from war of the worlds if we say there's aliens yeah. you know yeah and again there's people even in hollywood that fully believe this has been a slow drip for 40 years and all the movies about aliens is just to warm us up to the idea including et hey they're friendly you can put them in your bike and you can wheel them back to the moon. Nothing to fear here, you know? So, but again, and other people say, yeah, it's the aliens controlling the government, making them do that to get the narrative they want out. So there you go. You can get as wacky as you want with this, right? And maybe it's the bigger alien controlling the smaller alien, controlling <laughs> the government and the movie people to make ET. I mean, you can go as deep into that as you want. You know, maybe it's true. Maybe the aliens do run the entertainment industry and that's why. But or if the aliens did run the entertainment industry, I posed this question before our break. Now we're getting silly towards this last one. So why would they make so many movies where they make themselves the bad guys then? Yeah, Unless that's true. That's how you know they don't run the movie industry. Right? <laughs> that's how you know they don't. Because why would you make yourself the loser every time? Like they get blown up with a gun that the aliens had 9 million years ago, you know? Right. So I, that's how you know that they don't run the movie industry. <laughs> okay, we're going to take our last break for tonight. So stay tuned, everybody. we got one more segment here with Louie from the UAP Studies Podcast. So stay tuned. This is the Jess Rogie Show live on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM. One more break, ladies and gents. Wendy's 2 for $6 lets you mix and match some of our best items, like Dave Single with a 10-piece crispy nugs, medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich, spicy chicken with a Dave Single, Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, if you're into that. Chicken Sam, crispy nugs, crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade, Dave's, Dave's, nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's on the card only. Single item at regular price. This week at Macy's, find your new favorite jeans with 40% off Levi's looks for him and her just in time for spring. 
or use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 15% off handbags and wallets, already 40 to 50% off. And take an extra 10% off great furniture and mattress deals too. Plus, Star Rewards members earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Listen, as we explore the mysteries of the universe, the unknown, high strangeness, consciousness, and our human potential, Lighting the Void is an eclectic program that strives to ignite the late night with stimulating conversations. Join us on The Fringe FM. Yohoi there, it's Gigi from Shift Happens, and you're listening to the one and only Fringe FM. Well, at least I'd imagine so. I'm not sure how else, uh, you know, you'd be hearing this. Musicians experience a lot of frustration with music marketing and promotion. They have no idea how to get their music heard, and they're spending hours sending emails, making phone calls, and hitting up their friends to promote them. With our industry-powered digital marketing platform, we can set up your media plan in minutes. Our team will automatically distribute your music across all the best channels, so you can focus on actually making the music. Submit your music today on our website at mymusicpromoter.com. That's mymusicpromoter.com. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Hey there, this is Jess, host of the Jess Rogie Show, and you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, Fringe FM. If you suffered in silence or experienced stress from a paranormal experience, even if it happened 20 years ago when thinking or talking about it today still makes you feel sick to your stomach or makes your heart beat faster or you suddenly can't breathe, maybe you even feel those old familiar signs of a panic attack trying to reach the surface. You could have unprocessed emotional responses. Those reactions of terror and trauma are no different than living through a horrible assault, childhood abuse, or a terrible car accident. It can be nearly impossible to find help. The very instance of seeing a ghost or encountering a cryptid could be clinical described as seeing or hearing things that aren't there. You could be considered psychotic, or at best, you're just not taken seriously. Out of a growing mountain of research, the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare showed that 8 out of 10 veterans who completed just 6 one-hour EFT sessions no longer tested positive for PTSD. If you've had paranormal trauma, you can contact Metaphorical Archaeology by calling 214-995-3754. Again, that's 214-995-3754 for a discreet consultation. 
Thousands of people are having paranormal experiences with ghosts, demons, shadow people, dogmen, Bigfoot, and more. Their stories need to be told, and they are being told. Dark Waters, the renowned storyteller, invites you to join at imdarkwaters.com. For just a few dollars a month, you can listen to some of the most hair-raising and compelling stories on the planet. You'll have access to real-life stories told by Dark Waters, thousands of hours of content. Their encounters are being told and told by the best at imdarkwaters.com. Listen to stories like The Rabbit Man, The Dog Man Encounter in Silas, Alabama, The Man with No Face, The Other Woman, A Day Ahead of the Devil, Dog Man Murder in Hurricane Ida, even a story of someone trying to kill a dog man. Louisiana Water Demon Stories. Sign up today and become a member at imdarkwaters.com. That's imdarkwaters.com. We are back live on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM. This is the Jess Rogie Show. I'm Jess Rogie. And tonight we got Louis Borges from the UAP Studies Podcast joining us. Let me make us a little bigger here. We have a couple questions coming in from the chat. You want to take a couple questions? Sure. Let's do it. So Daryl's asks, what do you think about Tartaria? Are you familiar with Tartaria? I'm not familiar with Tartaria. Uh, we'll have to come back to that. But it is this theory that there were these mud floods that w- wiped out this uh, older um, civilization, the Tartarians. And there's, uh, I guess, photographic evidence, what people say, of these buildings that used to exist that have been you know, erased. Is this on the planet? I think, I think it's, it's, it, I think it takes place. I don't know. Let's see if Daryl can answer that. We need a Tartarian specialist. Cause I can't answer that. So let's see if Daryl answers that for us. Um, in the meantime, maybe we can hop over to Sylvain's question. What do you think about sleep paralysis? Yeah, I think it's a real condition. I think both medically and induced. I think a lot of people that have encounters or, even like shadow people and stuff like that. They feel like pressure on their chest. They can't move. They're literally paralyzed. So, but again, I know it's also a medical condition that's been proven that people can have that. So, you know, I don't know where the, the realm of paranormal and medical lies, but I definitely think it happens. Um, yeah. And I think maybe it, it, in a strange way, uh, it can be induced from not so friendly creatures. Yeah, and I think that's kind of a scary thing, too, to realize that, you know, there are probably scary creatures out there, and it's not just, like, happy butterfly, nice little... Maybe, I don't even know if greys are nice. I've heard so many different things, so, you know, they might not all be nice. And there's two kinds of greys, as far as we know, tall greys and short greys, right? There's short ones nicer? Apparently, the short ones are subservient to the big ones. Maybe they just get beat up a lot, and they have no choice. But the apparently the, the big ones are like six foot little mean. guys are the short ones. They, but most people don't really say that the, the grays hurt them. It was whatever happened on the craft or whatever. But I don't really think anybody has a, um, you know, a really bad gray story. They seem to be somewhat neutral, not necessarily friendly, but they're not poking you in the eye for fun. They're not sadistic. 
Yeah. I've heard a couple stories and they make me laugh when I hear them. And I think uh, these were from Preston Dennett, a UFO researcher. He says, there's one story where he talks about a lady has a gray at the foot of her bed and she kicks her leg and the damn thing goes flying and hits the wall. I guess he was okay, but apparently they just, you can kick them real easily. I'm going to, we have them on the show in two weeks. I'm going to ask him about that. Yeah. Again, you look at the story of like Calvin Parker, where he was yes. abducted and he was so traumatized by it that when it happened again at a later date, he like freaked out and broke out of the trance and full out like smashed one in the side of the head and it started bleeding out of its ear. Yeah. Like he just lost it. And apparently it was a female alien too. He just beat the snot out of it. Right. So he's the only man on history to go on the record saying you beat an alien up. Right. But yeah, I, I mean, if they're flesh and blood, if they're a creature that's physical, you should be able to kick them and they should go flying. Yeah, I think that's plausible. Yeah. It's like a predator. Uh, if it bleeds, we not that we want to kill it, but it's it, that's that's the line for predator. If it bleeds, we can kill it. If it bleeds, you can kick it. Yeah, there's for a, sure. There's, a, there's one more story and it's just silly as we get it kind of. I heard a story and I can't remember who told me this, but a, a person experiencing something with a gray and then just like popped its arm off and like hit it with it. So it, So I don't know, like, do they come apart easily? Well, it's like an insect. You know, when I was a kid, I used to want to catch grasshoppers and then I'd play with them and I would just accidentally rip its legs off. Like, oh my God, I didn't mean to do that, but it would happen a lot. And in fact, I got so good at it because, you know, they hop away from you. You know, it yeah. takes 10 minutes like... to catch them and then he buggers off. So if you rip the back legs off, oh Jesus, they can't hop away. So they'll just crawl on their front legs and you can let them like crawl on you and their wings are very soft. I know it's kind of cruel. They do regrow, I think, but okay. I hope so. Or I was else like six. I used to do that. When some, I was um, some mantid beings coming to visit you and being like, "Hey, I saw a picture of a cool mantid the other day. It was like a a lotus mantid or something. It was like yeah. techno color, purple and green. It was amazing looking. Looked very friendly, aside from the jagged sharp sticking out That's of it. Like it's like. Yeah. That's my mantid impression. Like, for how do you not beat that? Come on. Even if you don't know how to fight, you're going to do all right against that. Yeah. <laughs> That's my guess. So are there any, I guess this is like my, are there any rate? Do you, are you familiar with all the races that they talk about? Um, oh yeah. Oh, Let's yeah. talk about that a little bit. It's crazy. You know, like, I mean, I, I had a printout one time that somebody said, this is a collection of all the different, and some of them were like crazy. They were like female looking with like armadillo, armadillo scales on their head. Oh, or I like Calvin Parker one with like these like points out of the side of its head and like mitts for hands. Didn't have fingers. Oh. Just like, yeah, there's like apparently dozens, dozens and dozens. Nordic blondes, ones that are indistinguishable from humans, you know, grays, tall grays, short grays you know, grays that are a little less gray. It's like a pretty girl, but she's got almond eyes or, you know, uh, I, I mean, if you look at the Drake equation, there's at least 50,000 civilized species just in our galaxy, 50,000. And there's trillions of galaxies. So for if they're there, they're there in abundance and every shape, color, size, animal, whatever. They're either there or they're not. And if they're there, they're all there. More, it's like a, it's like more than Star Wars, guys. More, more different kinds of people than Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Daryl has kind of explained a little bit about Tartaria, so I'm going to read it real quick since we asked her to uh, 
talk about it. She says that they, that they had a recent reset on a global level and most of it was buried uh, or unburied by orphans. Uh, like the railroads that got covered in mud and the older structures were here in America for a long time, including maybe mental institutions and lobotomizing punishments for not complying with the government, maybe 1800s or 1900s. It's a, it's a rabbit hole, that whole Tartaria thing. It's, it's something you really have to dive into. It's not a quick, quick and easy explanation, but it goes with that hidden history thing. Well, with, with all of archaeology, the deeper you go, the more layers, you know, 10 feet 10 down feet is so many thousand years, but 20 feet down is like way crazier, right? So right. I, I definitely think there's a lot of things archaeology still has to do on the planet. Um, some things we can't figure out, like you can't carbon date stone. So there's no way to know how old the pyramids are, the Sphinx or anything else. So we are limited in what we can actually find out. And just the sheer fact that things of an organic nature only last so long, like even in perfect arid conditions, Egypt in the sand, whatever, you know, we have mummies that are 4,000 years old that are just barely hanging on. If something's yeah. 10 or 20 or 30,000 years old, there's nothing left. It's there's literally nothing. done. These, these things like no paper yeah. things like it's gone buildings gone yeah stone is about the only thing now speaking of things that i will tell you what i find interesting are what they refer to as ooparts which Ooh, is out of place artifacts o-o-p-a-r-t-s ooparts so this is things like i think it's called the london hammer or something like that yes the, the friggin hammer where the stone is grown around the hammer so the stone is younger than the hammer this thing is millions of years old. How is that possible? How? You know, How? Yeah. or they found in like uh, uh, Northern Russia, all these like ball bearings and springs buried at such a depth that that was like, you know, 5 million years ago. So what the hell was dropping metallic parts from the sky that far ago? You know, so uh, I do dig those things. I think another one, some kind of clock. I, I was I corrected somebody the other day. They said it was this, and I said no, it was actually this. But it's like um, it's like a, a gear mechanism that was found in Greece. I know what you're and talking about. I can't think the name of it. It's some kind of I forget the name of the clock, but uh, yeah. Anyway, it was they don't know if it was meant for celestial purposes to you know predict uh, sunrise or or like moon phases or harvest or whatever. But it's this weird piece of technology that shouldn't have existed in the time that it did. So, so I'm definitely, uh, I find that stuff really interesting, you know, things that shouldn't be there, but are, I think even in like Bosnia or someplace, they dug up this massive like steel pole that was like so deep. It had to be like a million years old and they couldn't cut it. They couldn't, well, like they couldn't cut it with a torch, nothing they could do to it could mess with it. And they were so like, just, dumbfounded at what the hell it was they just put it back in the ground and buried it they didn't even want to talk about it anymore cover this i don't know what the hell it was right so yeah i i think there's uh there's a lot to that type of stuff when you start digging we have no idea and you know we're still waiting for an answer at skinwalker ranch and if you're into shows like the curse of oak island i don't know how yeah. many more seasons are going to tell me they're going <laughs> to find it for god's sake like find the damn thing this week at Macy's, find your new favorite jeans with 40% off Levi's looks for him and her just in time for spring. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 15% off handbags and wallets already 40 to 50% off. And take an extra 10% off great furniture and mattress deals too. 
Plus, Star Rewards members earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Wendy's 2 for $6 lets you mix and match some of our best items. Like... Dave Single with a 10-piece crispy nugs. Medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich. Spicy chicken with a Dave Single. Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. If you're into that. Chicken Sam, crispy nugs. Crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade. Dave's, Dave's, nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price and participation may vary. U.S. Wendy's on the card only. Single item at regular price. <laughs> and, and you know, I'm funny story. Season. I spoke with those guys initially in season two because I'm also a Freemason and I'm a oh, member wow. of the Knights Templar of Canada and oh, I'm of Portuguese cool. descent. So they're finding things that have Portuguese crosses with Templar connection. And I contacted them and said, Hey, you know, I wouldn't mind coming on your show and just maybe uh, helping out. And I live on the West Coast and they're on the East Coast of Canada. So they said, Well, most of our research is done in local archives, unless you're mm -hmm. physically here. There's not really much help you can give the show. So they extended me a welcome. Like if I could, you know, go there, but I'm not going to uproot my family and lifestyle for a show. That's probably not going to pay me to show up. Right. So oh my but, God. Uh, I hear a lot of those shows don't pay. <laughs> they don't pay. And you know, good point. John Ventry made last week is somebody who's been on TV for years. He said, listen, they're not doing with the exception of like ancient aliens. That's an anomaly. They're not doing 10 seasons of anything because they don't want these people becoming celebrities and writing their own ticket. You no yeah. longer have a cost-effective model for, you know, a history channel show that's on at 930 at night if you got to pay a guy stupid money just to run it, right? So they it's don't true. want anybody getting too big. It's true. And I just still have to say, how is the Curse of Oak Island still on? Like, I mean, have they, they find found something anything? new every season, takes them nine seasons of, you know, uh, we're going to find it. We're going to find it. We're going to find it. But I do think there's something there. They wouldn't have the funding if they weren't getting somewhere. And you don't find that much random shit on some desolate island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, right? Like, it's, so weird. it's a pirate hub. I don't know if they're going to find the Ark of the Covenant or whatever else. But when you have, you know, um, like um, coconut fibers at 90 feet underground and layers of wood and shafts and like, why would you go through that amount of trouble? They have like self-flooding, sort of like uh, um, booby trap. So if you go the wrong way, it screws itself. And I think that's what's happened. I think whoever tried to find it didn't go about it the right way. It hit the booby trap that was designed in it. And whatever was there was flooded years ago. I don't think they're going to find shit. They're finding just little bits of what's floating to the surface. but Just like little little things but nothing big wow but every season is the season man this is the year we're really gonna do it, it hasn't happened we yet. find the treasure this is the year guys i have so many friends that are just choked like they just tell me how much they don't want to watch it anymore and they ask me if i'm gonna watch the episode you know so we want it's like with aliens we want to know we want it to be true we just want something we can dig our teeth into and sometimes that leads people to say and do crazy things and have really exaggerated stretches on things because just because we want it so bad, you know? That's true. So sometimes people do suspend disbelief because they do want something so bad. And that's, that's you a get very blinders, right? You, you only yeah. see it with your own bias. It can't be that because that goes against what I want it to be. And a lot of that happens in this business, even amongst the professionals, right? Everybody still has a bias. That is for sure.
and there's that what that saying we i want to believe i want to believe so bad that i believe every you know believe these things you know so as we kind of get close to the end of the show i want to ask you what where do you see the future of ufology um do you do you see this becoming 100% mainstream what what do you see it going in say 5 years I, I see more of the same. Unfortunately, I don't think the government's going to come right out and tell us again. There's that implication that we knew all along and we've been hiding it from you. So I don't think they're going to tell us. I think it's going to come out through the private sector, people capturing more and more reputable things on their phones. Again, I think this has happened for thousands of years. We're just better observers now. And now that we know it's possible, we're all kind of looking for it. Uh, I think they'll jump on the bandwagon afterwards and be like, yeah, we're just as surprised as everybody else, right? There'll be a gentle way for them to acknowledge it without saying, we didn't tell you the truth. That's never going to happen because of the implications behind that statement. Uh, I do think it's coming in waves now. I think the whole ATIP video, 2017, I mean, that incident happened in what, 2004? Yeah, early, like early, early 2000s. Yeah, it wasn't like recent news. So why did they bring that up now? Right. There's a reason for it. Either they feel the public's ready or the old guard is somewhat gone. I don't know why. So I think there will be disclosure. Uh, again, some of our uh, off the record connections that don't want to be visible, but want to feed us info. They're basically telling us there is a slew of people all about to start coming out with their stories like this is. It's going to be a big deal real soon. Just kind of watch and see. It, it's been the initial trickle of Lou Elizondo. See what happens. Yeah. Tom DeLong. Okay, they didn't go crazy yet. People are digging this. They're monitoring ratings through social media and newspapers and clicks. They can tell our reaction based on algorithms. You look at YouTube. You put out a good video, it gets a good response. YouTube yes. knows that. They suggest you to other people. If you put in your headline that you're about fixing cars... And it's about, you know, dishwashers, YouTube will derank you and say you have nothing relevant to do with what you say. So yeah. they trickle it out. They see the effect. And now they have a measurable metric. They have clicks. They have views. They have engagement. 80 years ago, they didn't have that. It was just a guess. Are we going to lose it or not? Well, we better not take a chance. Okay, we'll just keep going with what we've been doing. So I think it will come out. I think it will come out fast and furious at some point. But I don't believe the government will ever fully admit anything but i don't think it's going to matter they won't have to so i think it's positive things coming for sure so if you're interested in this topic it's never been a better time and again a lot of these guys have been doing it for 30 years they're coming on our show now kind of puffing their feathers saying i've been saying this for 30 years and now the government's agreeing with it so that doesn't happen overnight either right you know, I think, yeah, because, you know, I become disenfranchised with the UFO, UAP topic. Often people will hear me say, I'm not part of this, guys. I'm tired of it, you know, and then. Um, and then we know, come on your show and you just get right back into I, it. Then I get excited again. Right. And then I'm yep. like, well, there's actually because it's like every once in a while I need somebody to look at me and say, just stuff's happening. Just stop. Stop being so negative about it. You know, and I I do get caught up in reading like all the drama that people are having and the infighting, and it makes me say, do I want to be a part of this group? But I guess I'm just I guess I don't have to be a part of that group to talk about UFOs or yeah. UAPs. I could be like UAP study podcast. Just put my stuff out and don't get don't get it. And I, I've said it on the record. Listen, if you find something online that you like, like it, comment on it, be positive. Yeah. If you find something you don't like. Keep going. 
Don't be one of those people. Don't be a troll. Don't be an idiot. There's no, we don't appreciate that. Nobody does, right? There's no need in this field for that. Don't go on Twitter and spend your day telling Nick Pope what an idiot he is. Like, grow <laughs> up and figure out some other shit to do with your time. That's my opinion. I yeah. hate trolls, but thank God you. we get none. It's I, honestly, we don't get any hate mail. Nobody send and don't start because you're going to get don't start just because he's bringing it up. You know, I have no problem blocking people. Right. And, and what's, but by the way, what's with these Facebook friend requests that say, Hey, how are you? By the way, I saw your name on the list of the global monetary fund. Did you get your refund yet? What? Have you had this shit yet? Spam. The spam. But they're legitimate people. Like these are, some of them are even my friends that just say, Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, Jim. Yeah. Have you heard about this list that's going, what? So I don't know if people are getting hacked or because we have public profiles. Yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff going on online, but yeah. There is. Arguments. Stay away from that. Give positivity where you, where you find it and just ignore the other stuff. Keep going, man. There's so much other good content. There is. And you know, it's just, it's refreshing to, to just like, see how, how honest you guys are and how you present, um, you know, the information you present the guest and you don't try to, you know, skew what's being said, uh, you know, and, and you guys have high quality guests. I do recommend you your show to anybody. Cause I know, and I've known Jason since he started basically, yeah. you know, and, and I really do love your guys' show. Can you give a big plug to any big guest you guys have coming up that you can talk about so this uh, upcoming sunday we have jim semivan like i said earlier he's a former cia spy he's now you know come forth going on the record talking about what he knows and he's like the right hand man of tom DeLong and to the stars academy so i mean him and hal Putoff are basically one and two as far as this and uh yeah I, i'm super lucky that he agreed to come on the show I gave him a very heartfelt intro. Hey, we're not Joe Rogan, but we're also not doing this to get rich. We want to have you on the show. And he said yes. So uh, that'll be out this Sunday, probably later in the evening. Uh, like I said, we got Preston Dennett in the future. Yay, and love uh, there's, there's like three or four big names I cannot say, but you like, yeah, you'll see. You'll see. Before Christmas, we will have more bangers than we've had in the last year and a half of the entire show. So the best is yet to come. Like you said earlier, how do you just beat guys like George Knapp? Well, sometimes we do. And uh, we, we get do. lucky. And we got friends. And they hook us up because we, they know that we're professional. You know, we're on time. We don't bail. It's both of us. We're committed. They've seen our other shows. We don't get too fringy. We don't have people to talk about Wicca and stuff like that. Like, there's a place for that. But mm -hmm. we're, we are UAP Studies Podcast. We were here to learn. We are humble subjects. Nobody knows anything. Let's just try to figure this out together. So, And if anybody's looking for us, go to any platform and just search UAP Studies. You go to Google, there's like six pages. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, just search UAP Studies Podcast. Yeah, look at Jason, even with the stomach flu. So, Is Jason uh, sick? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. He said, why are you always sick? No, he was on a show one day and he had the stomach flu. Oh. And no matter, like he logged in and I said, hey man, like you're sweating profusely. <laughs> He's like, I've been up throwing up all night, but I'm here. And we did the show and we nailed it, right? So poor guy, I feel bad. I don't think I could have done it. I wouldn't need a basket or something, right? But you're like, excuse that, that's me. kind of, you know, I'm up till 1 a.m. doing this for us right now, essentially. Yeah. Right? I'm here for you yeah. and your listeners and viewers. 
because uh, we were similarly minded. We respect each other. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, anything my brother asks, uh, I'm there for as well. If he said, hey, Louie, let's go do a show at 4 a.m. in, you know, Oklahoma. I guess we're going to Oklahoma and doing a show at 4 a.m., you know. Where we're needed, we will attend. So we're here. Whatever you need at the UAP Studies podcast, they will be there. And Jason, and to is- your credit, we're not on a whole bunch of other people's shows either. We're not doing I- the circuit. We're way too freaking busy. People You're do our circuit. Busy. Yeah, no, you guys, like I said, guys, if you guys haven't checked it out, I'm not just blowing smoke and puffing them up. They really do have the top quality guests on there. And it's week after week. And it's just pretty amazing. It's if you wanted to hear basically if there's anybody that's big in in UAP that you wanted to hear, they've probably been on the show or they're going to be coming on the show soon. Yeah, we're at 94 episodes and we're booked up to 100 at this point. So we're going stronger than ever. Shit. Well, I want to say thank you so much for staying up with me late tonight. My pleasure. I, I know it's a pain in the ass sometimes, but, you know, I really appreciate it. The audience appreciated it, too, and we always love having you on. And, you know, we'll always you and Jason are always welcome on the show anytime you guys want to come on and share and talk about what you guys know and who you've been talking to. We so, appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you again, Louie. We'll talk soon. I'm going to play the outro music here and... uh I'll send you a thank you message. So we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks to all your commenters as well. I read all your comments. You guys rock. Somebody asked about Bigfoot. I believe in Bigfoot. Good night, everybody. Yeah. Good night. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to give a big thank you again to the UAP studies podcast, Jason and Louie. They've, they've been great guests. We had a lot of fun tonight. Uh, What else? Uh, So I guys, I'm going to be gone for a couple days, so no show tomorrow. Probably no show Friday, but most likely a show on Monday because I'll be back from my trip. Um, and uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Jess Rogie Show live on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM. Oh, and I didn't say thank you to the chat, guys. Before we go, I got to say thank you to Jason at UAP Studies Podcast for joining us. Thank you to Sylvain for joining us from France. Brian, thank you for listening. Daryl, Angel's Breath, Wandering Witch, Navier, MJ. Who else do we? I know we got Rivers in the chat. Thank you, Rivers. Matt's Al, Sage. Uh, I know we also had Laura in the house. I'm going to pop over to Discord right here really quick and make sure I got everybody. And then we also have Michael Strange. I didn't even see Michael Strange pop in. Michael Strange, Troubled Minds. Thank you guys so much for joining and we'll catch you next week. Happy, I guess, is Labor Day. Happy Labor Day weekend.